All righty, everybody. Good morning. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we are plowing into the month of November. Season's moving pretty quickly. I guess we can consider ourselves at the halfway point here as we uh, go from week eight to week nine. Wiz, how you doing today? Doing very well. Uh, getting ready for the uh, getting ready for the upcoming week, and there are some uh, really con- two major controversies uh, going on in football as we head into week nine, and uh, we're going to talk a little about that. Some free agency, some DraftKings, some betting, some all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, there there is a lot happening. Uh, we do have some bye weeks to still contend with. There's a lot of injuries. Obviously, uh, the Tennessee Titans losing Derrick Henry, so we'll kind of cover that when we get into kind of the waiver wire part of the show. But I know you had a couple of topics that you wanted to tackle. I'll probably add a couple on to you too, as far as kind of what's going on in the league, uh, some of the fallout from uh, week number eight. So, Wiz, why don't you uh, start us off here? What is on your mind this morning? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing is. Uh you know, the Aaron Rodgers issue where it looked in that press conference where he was like kind of like playing games, uh, not being, I don't know, I don't really call somebody a liar, but it didn't look like he was being forthright. Let me phrase it like that about his, you know, <laughs> being vaccined. He was, now you're talking he about was, the interview from back in August, correct? When he got back? Yeah, we, yeah, we, he was he was actually asked about it, and he was saying he was immunized, and then he was saying, I know some of those guys that haven't been vaccinated, uh, you know, have their viewpoint. I mean, he was being he was being deceitful in that situation, but but look, somebody could be deceitful or handle it however they want, right? They could skip the issue, not talk about it, uh, refuse, whatever. You can handle it however you want to handle it. But this is way, way more than that. This is putting his teammates, other players, he's sitting with, he's standing after games, having lengthy conversations. I mean, look at, you know, him and Kyle Murray after the game on Thursday night. Look at him in, in other instances. Look at the travel, what he's doing when he's traveling. I mean, he's, he's, he's going about his daily life as if he's vaccinated, considering the rules, when he's not vaccinated. Yeah, that's a problem. And, uh, it's a, I think your point about him uh, in, in interacting with Kyla Murray is a perfect example. It's not to say, look, every person has a right to do what they want to do, and, and probably in the instance of most of these athletes, they're not going to get significantly sick from this thing, right? So we know that, right? But the rules are in place, and the rules are in place, right? So Kyla Murray has this interaction with, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, shakes hands with him, whatever, goes back in the locker room, puts his hands to his face. Next thing you know, he's testing positive following week is he's not wearing a mask. Right. So there's a lot of irresponsibility that's kind of goes around here, given the rules that the NFL has laid out here. And the thing is, what's the penalty? I mean, like they're fining teams for protocol last year, look what they did to the Saints and the Raiders. They're fining um, CeeDee Lamb for not tucking his shirt in properly during the games. He's been hit with $5,000 fine, a $15,000 fine. They keep tripling it at a $45,000 fine. What do you do in a case where, let's say it goes beyond Aaron Rodgers not following and the Packers not following protocol? 
right? Let's say it goes to the point of Kyla Murray getting COVID because of an interaction with Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers knew that he wasn't vaccinated, and now it causes the Cardinals that going forward in their game or games, it could be one or two, to be without their superstar quarterback. What's the protocol? What's the proper fine? What do you do? It's got to be more than just money. The thing is, there's nothing in place. So, so this has a real chance of, of mushrooming into something really big here, I think. Well, let me ask you a question, and, and I don't disagree with you, and I don't know if we're starting to talk about draft picks because you know, I think that's maybe what you're kind of leaning into here. We've seen that before in the league. Um, but, you know, I think you have a situation here also where, you know, I, I saw some of Matt LaFleur's comments on this, and I, 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 would, I, I would have to say, you know, to me, this could be like kind of one of those signals at the end of the day. This could be, you know, just another, uh, another situation where Aaron Rodgers has put the nail in his coffin as far as him staying in Green Bay. Yeah, I think I think his situation with Green Bay is, you know, on its last legs. But this is just a, a different type of thing because him and the Packers, their situation is between him and the Packers. This um, is going on, and um, and he's he's just putting his players, his coaching staff, and him handling the after game stuff and sitting there and talking to players and. All of that is uh, wow. It's 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 really disturbing, and uh, I don't know what could come of it. Hopefully, nobody you know, you know, from interactions with Rogers comes down with COVID. But this could really become a situation where the NFL would step into territory that they are in complete uncharted waters here uh, in terms of what to do. Uh, I don't disagree with you, but uh, stay tuned. But uh, nonetheless, uh, they drafted uh, they drafted Jordan Love last year, and he's going to start a big game uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs this week. So we'll see what happens with that. It was uh, something else that you, I think you uh, had on your mind as well, Wiz? Oh, yeah, the Odell Beckham uh, situation uh, again today, excused from practice. Um, I'm not sure where this is headed. Uh, but I'll tell you where it's not headed. It's not headed where Odell Beckham is going to be suiting up and playing for the Browns this week. Uh, this is either going to be one of those things where they deactivate the player, release the player. This is heading towards another ugly, ugly situation with Odell Beckham and the, his father putting out that, the tape of, 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 of Odell Beckham being open and, uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, not not throwing him the ball, just adding on to this. You see what uh, Baker Mayfield had to say. He said he was completely shocked. He said that Odell Beckham has not said anything to him. They haven't talked. So I don't know what you think or where it's headed, but I cannot fathom that, uh, that Odell Beckham will be suiting up for the Browns this Sunday or any other Sunday again. So where do I start with Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, as a Giant fan? So Odell Beckham Jr. has been what I would call a cancer for a long time. Uh, I think this all starts uh, with his days with the Giants when Tom Coughlin did not discipline him enough because he was kind of one of these guys that had superior talent and what he did on the field at that point in time in his career. Uh, but but that's, that, that, that's, a, that's water under the bridge because he's been unbelievably ineffective for a number of years. He's kind of an afterthought. I think he's 
laughable as a fantasy player at this point in time, and I think we've seen that. I, look, I don't advocate parents and girlfriends and wives. We've seen this before going on on social media, but it, it's a mess of a situation. It has been a mess of a situation. I think at the end of the day, I agree that, that, that most likely – uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is probably done as Kansas City Chief. He's excused from practice again. So here's the he, uh, sorry uh, for the Browns. So here's the Browns again trying to compete in this division. They had a really good season last year. They're playing against the Cincinnati Bengals in a big game, but you won't see him. I think actually there are repercussions for the rest of the roster and offense and how things kind of play out. But you know, to me, I think they should just wash their hands. The guy is a cancer, and, and you see LeBron James say he will rise again. He has stunk for years. He's been injured for years. He is he is past his best days as a football player. I've grown tired of his act. One of the greatest things the Giants ever did, even though they didn't get much back in return, was get rid of him off the roster. I was very pleased about that. And it's the Cleveland Browns problem now. And you know what? Other teams should take notice of this. This is not a guy that's going to make your team better. And that's my opinion on Odell Beckham Jr. It was a nice start to his career, uh, but as far as I'm concerned, he's in the same place as I feel about Julio Jones. No interest in the player whatsoever. Yeah, but for two very different reasons, right? Uh, yeah, um, correct, correct. You know, the thing about, you know, it's funny. Time has a way of um, making things look different than, you know, uh, over time, it just has a way of looking, making things look different than when they are fresh. I mean, there was a lot of outrage and giant fans were in an uproar. How could you do this? But I don't know if somebody knew something. Um, and I'm going to say this. It's one thing for a player to be a prima donna. Um, let's, let's compare Odell Beckham to Antonio Brown, who has these – Things and he did some of these silly and terrible things. But when they step on the field, Antonio Brown is a great wide receiver. The thing with Odell Beckham is you have to deal with the with with the headaches, but you're not getting anything out of it because he's not a really good receiver anymore. He drops passes. He can't stay on the field. Um, there's nothing about him that would make you, from an organizational standpoint, want to keep up keep the player, and especially keep the player and put up with his off the field nonsense. I mean, you know, Julio Jones is, 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 is where he is because he's a big physical tough receiver. And over the years, his legs and his body slowly over time is starting to fail where instead of missing a play here or play there, it's a, it's a series, it's a quarter, it's a half, it's a game, it's weeks. We've talked about that endlessly. But when he played, he was a great player. Uh, his, he never said a word off the field. This situation with Odell Beckham, I just think, is ridiculous. And I think to your point, right, what else can the Browns do? They, they have to just release the player. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. So I think there are repercussions for that, kind of how this team ends up playing out. I think the tight ends on the Browns will probably become a much key, key, key ingredient uh, as far as how this team wants to do things, there's often two on the field anyway, uh, and they have three talented ones. So I think all of them will become much more viable. Uh, obviously, they still have Landry. Donovan Peoples-Jones will be back from his injury. And certainly the gifted running back tandem. Uh, well, right now, the tandem of uh, Dearness Johnson, a little bit of Demetric Felton, and obviously Nick Chubb. So we'll see how it kind of plays out. But it's a big game this week uh, and, you know, the, a distraction that the team does not need. I guess two other things, Wiz, I just want to kind of talk about real quick quick uh, you know the tragedy in las vegas and and it seems like 
this kind of, you know, every week we're talking about some kind of story, but you know, Henry Ruggs most likely doesn't play football again and ends an innocent girl's life um, and, and, and a dog's life. Uh, stupidity reigns in this particular situation. Why getting behind the wheel, uh, going 156 miles an hour, crashing at 127, drinking. What, where is a driver? These guys make enough money. Uh, he also injured his girlfriend, who is an employee of the Raiders as well. This is just another disaster for a team that just can't seem to escape some some type of controversy at this point in time. Um, you know, there's there's impacts on that. We'll talk about on, on, on that on the, on the waiver wires. And, and then the other thing is, Wiz, you know, the, the, you know, week in and week out, we keep talking about this. You know, teams have definitely caught up to, to what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing. Um, that offensive line's not playing particularly well. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, a lot of bad decisions. They're taking away the long pass for Hill. Uh, Kelsey looks a little older right now. Uh, very frustrating if you're a Kansas City Chief fantasy football owner in terms of those players uh, in terms of the way this team plays uh, week in and week out because that was a very poor effort once again against the Giants on Monday night. Yeah, I, I think the teams are saying, you know, to the Chiefs, can you be patient enough? Can you be skilled enough? Can you be error-free enough to take to go 12, 14 plays and 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 give us a million paper cuts and score touchdowns that way, as opposed to hitting Tyree Kill on an 80 yarder, hitting McCole Hardman on a few 30, 40 yarders, you know, you know, just slicing you with Travis Kelsey up and down the field for 15, 18 yards, and then making these guys. I mean, it was a pretty astonishing stat to see Tyree Kill catch 12 passes and go under 100 yards, which is it seems to be what the blueprint is. But until Kansas City runs these teams, and what I mean run them, I mean handing the ball off and running them out of these defenses, that's going to be continuing, you know, to be the case. And uh, Patrick Mahomes has got to be patient enough. And uh, it's a difficult transformation, but uh, this is what teams are doing. And uh, I'm sure that's what we're going to see against uh, Green Bay as well on uh, when they when they play the Chiefs this week. Yeah, it was interesting too. Uh, you know, Clyde Edwards the last still out. You know, Darrell Williams has been getting action, but you know, Derek Gore got in there, looked very, very good, looked very hungry, ran hard, scored a touchdown, and uh, some of what you talked about. And I think the Chiefs are going to have to do that a little bit more. I, I, again, I, it, look, they they performed incredibly as an offense, but you know, you get a lot of tape on a player, you get a lot of tape on an offense, you're able to kind of dissect it. And I think teams have kind of caught up with them a little bit and, and have challenged them to kind of do things a little bit differently offensively. So, and we've talked about this before too, is the, the hangover from losing a Super Bowl certainly is there. And those other players, you know, guys like Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, just and Josh Gordon, just not stepping up in, in, in the passing game either. Definitely. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. And uh, we ready to uh, talk about the uh, free agents for week nine and uh, what that's looking like. Yeah, and again, you know, we're here we are. Last week uh, was the week of the backup quarterback. We saw a fairly incredible performances. Trevor Simeon beating Tom Brady. Uh, a situation where Mike White comes in, beats the Bengals, knocks everybody out of their survivor pools. Geno Smith doesn't look like Geno Smith and plays a really good football game. Yeah, so it was a week of the backup quarterback and, you know, we lean into this week 
league. Uh, again, you know, you and I are partners in the league. We're, we, we're, we're in a super flex league. We're rolling, we're rolling Jordan Love out there because we have a bye week with Tom Brady. I think there are other interesting players out there as well. What the, what the New Orleans Saints are going to do, I think that's a great mystery. Taysom Hill coming off that concussion, or do they go with Simeon, who played a pretty good, good ball game? So I think if you're in need of a quarterback, there's a decision to watch there in New Orleans what happens. Bryce Love, Mike White, uh, and even Jimmy Garoppolo, who seems to be hanging on in a lot of waiver wires because the feeling is that Trey Lance will take over that job. But I think those are the players you have to look to uh, as far as pickups for this week, Wiz. Yeah, what makes it confusing is um, there are two different things, right? One is if you need a quarterback for week nine, and the other is if you have a Jameis Winston or going with Jameis Winston as your guy, who are you looking to pick up? long-term for the rest of the season that could help you out. And uh, I think the answer to that question has got to be Taysom Hill because, you know, he, he suffered that concussion. He's been out a long time, but he may or may not get to start this week. I think it's probably going to be Simeon. I know you and I had a discussion about that. You feel the same way. Uh, but I think long-term, Taysom Hill with his running ability is the player to pick up long-term at quarterback, but if you're in a situation where you have a Tom Brady or one of these guys, you know, that you count on every week to, to be a starter who's off, um, I'm not necessarily sure I would not go with Jordan Love this week as the most interesting guy. Uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, look, I, we talked about this. I, I think that made some sense. Devontae Adams is going to be back. There's, there are some pieces on this offense that are very enticing. Um, you know, we haven't seen a lot of Jordan Love other than a little bit sprinkled in in, in in the preseason this year. But, yeah, I think the matchup is kind of probably the right setup. Uh, I know what Mike White did last week. Uh, tonight they play against uh, against the Colts. The Colts are a pretty good defense. They're probably a pretty angry team right now after the loss last week to Tennessee. And like I said, we don't really know what's going to happen in New Orleans. So I, I think if it's a week-to-week um move that you need to make. I, I like kind of leaning towards a love. And like I said to you, it seems like Garoppolo's hanging around on a lot of waiver wires still. I, I'd probably look look to that player as well. Yeah, and, and, if, and if Simeon, if Simeon is going to get the start and you need a one-week guy, I'm not necessarily sure I would be against that as well, against Atlanta. I think, you know, if you had an emergency guy, would you prefer Simeon against the Falcons or White against the Colts this week? That's, Oof, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I, I probably small lean Simeon, just small. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that's a tricky, tricky call. I, look, Jet fans were, you know, very celebratory after that uh, shocking victory last week against the Bengals uh, at MetLife Stadium. Uh, nothing short of amazing. And, and a great story, right? 400 yards passing. Uh, he got a lot of help from players on his team. It, it, it looked like a very different Jet offense uh, last week. And, and, and a nice... And a nice story to be written, like I said, uh, in terms of his performance. But I'd probably lean. I don't like Thursday Night Football in general. Um, I've been a huge uh, naysayer on it. So I'd probably lean to Trevor Simeon getting a few extra reps going into that Atlanta game. Uh, Also, Atlanta, a team struggling at the moment. And you and I may not be exactly objective about that comparison because you and I are hoping the Colts give the old Jets a bagel tonight. So uh, that could weigh into it as well. But... uh, 
um, we'll, we'll see we'll see how that plays out. Very interesting situation in in New Orleans as well. Um, so let's move to running back. You have any uh, thoughts on so, so, anyone that? So uh, we're dealing with a number of situations here, Wiz. Right. So we're not sure what's going to happen with James Robinson. We know Derrick Henry is gone for a number of weeks. Um, so yeah, there's kind of a few guys hanging around out there. We know the the Eagles have a uh, have a game this week where you know again if Boston Scott Jordan Howard we know our boy Howie Z picked them up genius that it was even though we know it's a sick fascination that he has with that player uh, but he was a very viable start uh, against the Detroit Lions who uh, remain uh, un- uh, uh, with no wins in the league and they got uh, bamboozled by uh, by the Eagles last week but they go against the Chargers who aren't necessarily good defense so uh, first off I'd ask you you know how do you think this is going to kind of play out in Tennessee in terms of you know the Adrian Peterson coming back here because um, most likely he is going to be on, on this team come Sunday um, we know McNichols is here uh, I, I, I'm also watching what's going on in San Francisco because uh, Elijah Mitchell's kind of banged up here like I said James Robinson so Carlos Hyde might be out there uh, but the Eagle guys are kind of enticing to me in this matchup against the Chargers I agree with that. The thing with the Eagles is, you know, it, it it seemed like last week kind of baffled a lot of people because it seemed that Gainwell was going to be the lead guy. I thought that. Uh, but when it came down to it, once they got a big lead in that game, they kind of got a couple of vulture touchdowns from Jordan Howard, and they got – uh, a terrific game from Boston Scott. Uh, if it's a different game against the Chargers, I would not be surprised to see the box score where Gainwell has the best game, uh, where it's a complete reversal back from last week to this week. Um, so I think it's game script because Gainwell is one of these guys that can catch six, seven, eight passes if the Chargers get off to a lead, and then certainly they're going to abandon, uh, you know, Jordan Howard. He may get a vulture touchdown, but he's not going to be much in the game script. So I think Gainwell, depending on the game flow and the script of it, couldn't end up being the best player. But if it's a competitive game and neither team has to throw it every single down, um, I got to feel like Boston Scott is the main guy to have there. And I'm assuming that in some leagues he was either not picked up or he was a secondary choice. But in leagues where he was not picked up, I, I would agree with you in that Eagle situation that he just seems to be the guy that's going to get the most snaps. Yeah, I think with the Gamewell, it's funny because I'm a Gamewell owner in a couple of leagues. And the one thing that did happen the week prior is he did fumble. He had a key fumble in that game um, the week prior. And I don't know, you know, some coaches hold it against players. Some are, are, are less worrisome about that. I don't know if that was an impact in this particular decision. Uh, maybe maybe other two guys just had a better week of practice. But nonetheless, he did fumble the week before and, and that, it possibly could have carried over in, into last week uh, where he, he ended up actually out carrying both of those other two players, but he got all those carries in garbage time in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll get to the Titans in a second. But I well, just can I ask you, you one question, though, is yeah. like uh, would James yeah. if James Robinson is out of this ball game because he's got a heel injury, and I'm yeah. guessing that Carlos Hyde is also on a lot of waiver wires at this point in time because really he's done nothing before that. Even though they're playing Buffalo, with the fact that there's really no one else around, uh, would you feel confident playing Carlos Hyde against the, the Bills if you needed a running back for this week? I mean, if I was in a desperate situation – 
I'd probably be okay with starting him just on volume alone. But one, I'd have to see, obviously, James Robinson ruled out. Two, is there was a new injury that popped up with Carlos Hyde himself, a calf injury, which we've seen is not the easiest injuries to play with. Um, so that's another worry. Three, they're playing the Bills. Four, you got to worry about game script. If, they, if they're if they you know trailing, uh, he's not going to get volume rushing the ball. So I guess if you're in a situation where you're really desperate, he on volume alone, he's okay. But there's a lot of things working against Carlos Hyde for this week. But uh, he's probably one of the guys that I have on a list, but – there are at least four or five guys that I'd look ahead of him. Yeah, it'll be interesting, too, because they did pick up uh, Ozigbo. They got him back off the practice squad. And the other running back on this roster is Dare Ungobowale, uh, who is a good pass catcher. We've seen that in the past. So something to watch if you need a guy, flyer-type situation. Again, game script-type stuff. So... Yeah, it's tricky. It gets hard, but those are a couple of players I have there. You know, wide receiver whiz. You know, we got the shocking news last week that Calvin Ridley would be stepping away from the game, uh, dealing with some issues, off the field issues, mental illness type stuff. Which you know is not not to be taken lightly. The players are human beings too. Uh, if you hadn't seen the interview with Lane Johnson with Jay Glazer from uh, Fox Sports, also talking about that sort of stuff. You know, like I said, these guys are human. They go through stuff. Doesn't matter that they're making millions of dollars, but nonetheless, you have to find a way to replace a player like Calvin Ridley outside of a guy like Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson in this offense. So I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this. Um, it looks like Agnew on, on, on Jacksonville is, again, I, I, I picked him up early in a couple of leagues. was stupid to drop him quickly in one of them, but an interesting player who seems to be getting some action. Uh, last week, Devontae Parker, who has basically done nothing all year. Uh, a lot of targets, although he's still a little bit banged up. Rashad Bateman mentioned, and with the Raiders situation, uh, Brian Edwards is a guy that's probably going to be, be the biggest beneficiary of that. I don't know if you think Zay Jones could do something too, but uh, those are a couple of wide receivers I have on my mind with this week. I have a lot of the same thoughts at the wide receiver, but I just need to just go back to the Texans for one thing about the running back situation. It appears like Rex Burkhead and Scotty Phillips are now a part of the offense, which leads me to ask a question, so I'll ask it to you. Why didn't the Texans trade David Johnson at the deadline if they were just going to say, okay, we're going to play Burkhead, we're going to see um, – we're going to see what Scotty Phillips can do. You know, people thought that once Ingram left, and by the way, Ingram's another guy who looks like a, a, a new man back with the Saints. Why do you think the Texans didn't do something with David Johnson and and play the guy like on three snaps instead of trading him? Yeah, there was a lot of mystery around all of their preseason moves this year, like the type of players that they were signing and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, it's just a continuation of kind of the head scratching moves that they were making before the season. And I think it just continues during the season. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mess of a team. You know, Deshaun Watson certainly uh, was just the beginning of everything that happened, and O'Brien didn't exactly uh, cultivate a, a great roster here. I guess the one guy that's actually showing up in this offense was Nico Collins is starting to make a little bit of noise on, on offense. Uh, we know consistently Brandon Cooks has been 
pretty good. But it looks like uh, the number two option in the passing game uh, look, looks to be Nico Collins at this point in time. It's another receiver that I mentioned. But yeah, weird, weird, weird move not to not to dismiss or or trade uh, David Johnson and just kind of just add two more names to the mix. It's just uh, it's it's another head scratcher. Okay, so going back to some of the plays you mentioned, yeah, Devontae Parker is available. He he's a priority pickup at wide receiver. Uh, if he's healthy, it's going to help Jalen Waddle, and Jalen Waddle is going to help him. So uh, having two guys there. Um, so Devontae Parker is, is obviously a priority pickup. I'm going to watch what the Raiders do, whether Zay Jones is going to get the snaps or if they're going to go to more 12th personnel and play the two tight ends, which we'll get to when we get to the tight ends. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think those are the, you know, the, the players that I'm really, uh, kind of, kind of looking at. And, uh, also, as you mentioned, you know, you have to take a look at Donovan Peoples-Jones and Rashad Higgins um, to figure to be the beneficiary in terms of snap counts in the event of the likelihood that um, Odo Beckham has played his last snap for the Browns. I guess the other thing, too, do you, do you, I mean, again, Patterson has become a bigger part of the Atlanta offense, uh, certainly Pitts as well. Uh, I don't I don't know. Does, could you see Atlanta going more two tight end sets with Hurst on the field more? Or do you see a guy like Gage, who's also dealing with an injury, or Tajay Sharp, who actually had a pretty decent game last week, uh, become a bigger part of this offense? Yeah, Tajay Sharp seems to be the one that Matt Ryan, when I've watched, I saw the game in London and now last week, and he seems to be the one that Matt Ryan seems to have a little bit more trust in, uh, you know, out of all those wide receivers with the unfortunate situation of Calvin Ridley needing to take a time away from football because of uh, health reasons, uh, mental health reasons, and, uh, you know, he needs to do what he needs to do with that, but that said, you know, we're talking fantasy football and guys are going to get a chance to play and of the Russell Gages and Christian Blakes and Zacchaeus and Tajay Sharp. Out of all of those guys, I kind of think Tajay Sharp is the guy that is going to be the most beneficial from uh, the absence of Calvin Ridley. All right, great. And, uh, you know, tight end, we started to talk about it last week. We felt that Freyermuth was becoming a bigger part of this offense. Uh, we also thought the same thing about Dan Arnold, and that's been clear with both of those players uh, in needs of tight end because tight end has been a precarious position. Uh, we've lost a lot of those bigger names. Uh, looks like Noah Fonts on the COVID list, so Albert O becomes uh, an intriguing pickup. Um, you know, Kyle Komet, even though there's not a highly prolific passing offense, he has gotten six targets the last two weeks. Uh, Jimmy Graham was really a non-factor, uh, as we thought that would be the case. So just a few names on my mind at tight end. But to me, Freermuth is, is, is clearly uh, becoming, you know, the third option in the passing game with the absence of, you know, Ebron and, and, and obviously with, what's his name, uh, Juju going down. I think, uh, you know, it looks like this guy, and who, he made a great catch, by the way, on that touchdown where he was defended well but had the concentration to take the ball in. But uh, I, I like what I'm seeing from Freermuth out of Penn State, the rookie, uh, and we might be hearing a lot more moves from the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Yeah, there, 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 there's no question about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put another guy out there that I think can get you know more snaps based on the unfortunate events of this past uh, these past few days. I really like this Foster Moreau. I know you like him. Oh too. yeah, I do. And I think he's one of these guys. He could be one of the top 
10 tight ends in football, but he's playing alongside Darren Waller. But now this could be the opening. And, uh, boy, I'm, I have a real interest in this Foster Moreau who caught six, ta- six passes for 60 yards and a touchdown in against the Eagles, you know, the last game that they played. Um with uh, with with Waller sitting out, and even with Waller coming back, I just get the the impression that the Raiders are onto something here and are going to play a lot more twelve personnel. So yeah. I am really intrigued by this Foster Moreau. I player that I know you liked in the past as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, I d- definitely do. Uh, you know, in fact, I I went with the strategy. I think a couple of years ago, once we got through the bye weeks, I think we did it actually in a team where we had Wall yeah. we had Waller, and I think we backed them up with with Moreau, knowing that if something would happen to Waller, uh, that he'd get in there and, and do some damage. And we and we saw that the last time he was out there when Waller didn't play. So also, Wiz, you know the other thing. We talked about Julio Jones. Seems to it doesn't look like first is the tight end to own in Tennessee. It looks like it's the kid Swaim um, who caught a touchdown last week. Definitely getting more targets than Fersker. That wasn't the thought going into the season, but certainly seems to be a situation uh, that that where, where things have kind of turned. And I'm going to mention him again uh, because it looks like that he's the only guy standing for the Texans who are going to be behind in every game. But my boy Jordan Aikens showed up last week. Oh boy. <laughs> Jordan Aikens should stop everything he's doing and contact you and ask you to be his agent. Nobody has stood up more for this guy, promoted him, talked him up more in, in his life probably than you have. And we'll have to wait and see. I will say this. I'm not going to really look at, at any of those situations, any of those players at skill positions on the Texans until I see Tyrod Taylor get back in there. I think, you know, that offense had just started to get going when he, when he got hurt. So I'll see when he comes back, but, uh, I just know that you have <laughs> you have some kind of fascination with that player. That's hey, well, look, last week he did catch five passes. So because there's nobody else out there, Farrow Brown's right. you know, he's banged up. So again, I'm, I'm anticipating them being behind and uh, just kind of a little bit of strategy. Albert O to me is very intriguing with no if Noah Font's not playing in that ball game. He so. really is. He's a talented player that Drew Locke threw to it in Missouri. Um, he, he's, he's a talented player. The thing is with him, um, you know, he's going to be in a timeshare. Um, even though I think he could eventually end up being a better player than Noah Font, all-around player better than Noah Font, but that's going to be long-term. But for the, this week, and maybe Noah Font may have to miss two weeks, I agree that that's a, uh, a rock-solid pickup as well. All right, so uh, moving on to Thursday night football, we have the Jets, the uh, red-hot Jets, uh, playing the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Very difficult loss for them last week uh, in a game that we like them. Um, So, uh, look, the Jets found a way to get Michael Carter involved last week. Uh, It was a player that I liked in my prop bets. Uh, He he definitely showed up. Uh, The Colts are getting, sorry, are giving the Jets 10 points last I looked, Wiz, and the over-under was 45.5 the last time I took a look at this ball game. Uh, So that's just the game lines. But let's let's start with DraftKings. Uh, I, I don't know if there's any kind of player that you're kind of looking at. Look, we know Jonathan Taylor is going to be tough to, to match up against for the Jets. Uh, I think Michael Carter has shown us that he's going to be the guy that the Jets want to run their offense through. Uh, I'm just kind of curious how you're strategizing or if you're playing DraftKings this week, are there any kind of these 
guys way in the background that might kind of show up here in this game? How, how are you thinking about this from a DraftKings perspective? Yeah, this one is 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 an interesting one. Um, I I just feel like in this game you have to start off with two. You know, my two priorities are going to be Jonathan Taylor and the Colts defense, which I think are going to go hand in hand in this game, ground and pound, time of possession, and the Colts are really going to get after um, White in this game. Um, I, I just feel that's how you have to start off with. And then, you know, this could be the type of game because I just feel, um, which we'll get to in a minute, that the Colts are going to really run up the score in this game, that you may even get something out of Naheem Hines in this game as well. So I'm going to start with the Colts running backs, the Colts defense, and then when you play the showdown, you have to pick somebody from the Jets. So I'll do that. I don't know if you have any thoughts on the on who you like on the Jets. As far as I'm concerning, every one of my DraftKings lineups is going to start with Jonathan Taylor and the Colts defense. Yeah, I look the Jets. Um, I, I, I think those running backs they found that well, Tevin Coleman's not part of the situation. I think they found a way to get both of those guys the ball. Uh, Carter really looked terrific last week, but also Ty Johnson. Every time he steps on the field, he does something. I kind of talked about that in the preseason, and it's kind of playing out the last three weeks. Double digits every week for Ty Johnson. So uh, you know, those are the two guys I go with. There's a little bit more inconsistency at the receiver position. Uh, for the Jets, but uh, but I do have a I, I do have a bunch of prop bets to talk about for this uh, for for this game was uh, that that we'll kind of tackle in a second. But uh, yeah, no real strong feelings on kind of which guy, but I, I'd be leaning at one of those running backs if any. Yeah, the one guy on the Jets that I just want to mention. I just think it could be the type of game if they're just throwing a lot. I'm going to take a look at three thousand Denzel Mims as a guy that I just think. This is the type of game where he could appear and do something, and you're getting such salary relief with the player uh, if you happen to make him your captain. But if you just um, you, if you just want to put him in there, I think uh, he's a guy that that could pop up in 2000 just in your lineup. I think you're getting tremendous salary relief for a guy that I just think in this type of game is as good as. Uh, unlikely as any to, to do something. So yeah, it's just my, real, real, real curious on how the Jets have dealt with this. A number of teams inquired about the player. I, I, I don't get anything about it. Elijah Moore actually showed up and played well too last week. So it, it'll be interesting to see what the Jet offense... I, I'm intrigued by what goes on in this football game. Uh, I do have some prop bets to talk about. I'm actually not touching the lines on this particular game this week, Wiz. Uh, I, if I had a lean on anything, it would be the over in this particular game. Uh, I love the over last week when the Jets were playing the Bengals, uh, but that would be my lean for this week again. Uh, I think that I think the Colts are playing good football, but I could see this kind of being another one of those kind of 30, 31, 17, 31, 20 type games again. Um, so I kind of lean towards the over. If I have if I had to pick a side to do anything in this game, that would be my one lean on the game lines uh, for, for the game. Was how about yourself? Yeah, for me, it would be laying 10. I'm not a type of guy, as we know, in this thing where I want to lay points. But this is the week where I think I want to lay the points. So for me, it's the Colts laying 10. Uh, I think they're going to come out with, with a fury. And uh, and uh, I, I think they're, you know, they're going to be very, very physical with the Jets and, uh, and run the ball. Uh, so um, I like, as far as game lines, I have no view on the total. I'm going to lay the 10 points with the Colts. So uh, let's get into your props. I looked it over. Nothing stood out for me. I will say that 
a lot of these numbers appear very low to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, before I took a look at them, like if someone said make the total on Taylor, I would have rushing yards. It would have been in the mid-90s. It's 82.5. Carson Wentz rushing yards at 9.5 seems a little low. Uh, Mike White might be running for his life. Him at 4.5 seems a little low. So I, I don't know. I, I, the one, the, My one take wasn't like, oh, my goodness, like this is a lot. This I love is how low these numbers were. What, what were your view? What's oh, your view on these big, props? Big time low numbers. Big time low numbers for all. And I think what I, at least in my opinion, and it kind of is part of my thesis on a couple of my prop bets is that it's Thursday night. Uh, the usage in players is going to be a little different on Thursday, given that these players played on Sunday. So I think it's kind of spreading out things a little bit more. That's my thesis onto onto why the lines are where they are. And it's actually pushed me towards a couple of prop bets, which on each side of the of, of the tablet here, uh, I'm looking at a player on the Jets and a player on the Colts that are extremely intriguing for me in terms of total yardage, uh, receiving and rushing based on it being a Thursday game and maybe usage being spread out a little bit more. Without talking about this, I, I just have a feeling you're going to have Ty Johnson somewhere. In your oh, yeah. Props today. Oh, yeah. Ty, so, <laughs> yep. Lay it on us. Okay, right, so, me, so, so, so I, 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 I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I, I did not look at Mike White's uh, rushing yardage, but I am going to tell you right now, uh, I, that is going to be one of the prop bets that I actually do. Uh, I go back to the game where the New Orleans Saints played the Seattle Seahawks uh, I believe it was a Sunday night game, if I'm not mistaken. And I remember the line in that game for Troutman, who was on the field for most of the snaps, was 10 and a half yards receiving. And I sit there saying, this guy's getting thrown to five or six times a game. He's bound to catch one ball. In that game, he happened to catch three balls for 36 yards. He fumbled, but the line was 10 and a half going into the game in terms of his receiving yards. That is my same thesis in this game for Tyler Croft, who caught that huge touchdown against his former team. So his yardage, nine and a half. I like the over for Tyler Croft yards. Uh, being that I think the usage of the running backs is going to be spread out a little bit more, I like Ty Johnson over rushing and receiving yards, 38.5. And, and I'm going to say ditto for Naheem Hines, 27.5 total yards rushing and receiving. I like the over there. And I'm going back and forth with Michael Pittman Jr., who's become a real force uh, in this offense, especially with no Hilton. Do I go over 5.5 catches? or over 68.5 yards, and I'm going to go over 5.5 catches for Michael Pittman Jr. for this game Thursday night, Wiz. Very, very interesting. Yeah, the numbers all appeared low to me, so I, I you know, I figured that you were going to uh, take several of these overs. Uh, I don't really have a feel for it. Uh, like you mentioned, when it comes to these Thursday night games, it's difficult, so uh, I'm just feeling comfortable about uh, the Colts covering the 10 points tonight. That's uh, that's my, that's my uh, only view on the game, but I could certainly see where you're coming from with the prop plays. All right, Wiz. Well, that's a wrap. A lot of discussion. Very good uh, discussions on a lot of different topics. Uh, Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be back for everything uh, that will be pre uh, this week nine Sunday. Uh, We'll be coming back either Friday or early Saturday with that, but uh, looking forward to talking more about the upcoming week. But uh, Excellent job, Wiz, as always. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud. Make sure you're still listening to us. Uh, We're still having a pretty good year here, having a lot of fun doing it. Uh, Wiz, enjoy the game tonight and talk later in the week. 
You got it.